Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Robots Don't Age. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the upcoming Mortal Kombat movie, the franchise as a whole, and our personal experiences with it, and what have you. And with me today is two very special guests. Uh, CJ, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. And, of course, as always, is the uh, lovely co-host, Keani. Keani, what's up? Hello, everybody. And as you all know, we like to start this episode with what we've been up to lately. So without further ado, uh, CJ, what have you been watching? What have you been playing? Oh, watch-wise, I haven't actually been watching much. I've been trying to stay on top of Falcon and Winter Soldier, which um, I, sh- I assume everyone else is watching it right now, too. So as you know, it's getting pretty intense. Game-wise, um, I've been mostly playing Mortal Kombat 11 to get ready for that hype. Um... I I got uh, a couple of guys for some Resident Evil Outbreak, but um, I think we only played one map and the session kind of fell apart, but that's pretty much it for me. Uh, Okay, so let's go back here a little bit. For people who aren't watching it, do you want to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier for a moment? Uh, Yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier is essentially just a six-episode miniseries that's just one big, long Marvel movie. Um. What I like about it is it really gives them a chance to explore characters like the Falcon who haven't had any uh, sort of just dues to him, as well as Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Um, And I I don't think it's spoilery at all to mention that it has Baron Zemo from Civil War. So it's really a a treat for MCU fans, fans of if you liked Civil War and liked that villain, there's a reward there. And um, it actually cuts the lore deeper um into the criminal underground of the marvel universe so yeah it's basically that just one nice big marvel movie cut into six about 45 minute long episodes okay i actually watched the first one i haven't had a chance to catch up to it yet because i had been out of town recently but uh bucky barnes is actually my favorite part of the mcu in terms of the characters and anthony mackie as an actor is someone that i usually enjoy following so I'm probably going to catch up with that when I find myself a little bit more free time. And um, you said you've also been playing Resident Evil Outbreak. I'm familiar with it, but for those who aren't, do you want to give everyone a brief rundown? Oh, yeah. Resident Evil Outbreak is, in my opinion, top three Resident Evil games of all time. And the only reason it's rated so high, its story isn't really much special. The story of the game really just follows the um, outbreak events during the city. So if you had a lot of questions playing Resident Evil 2 or 3 uh, about Raccoon City, this series uh, should answer those questions. But the real reward in it um, is playing it, the online feature, which is still supported to this day due to a fan server. Um, and a lot of uh, Resident Evil streamers, and I believe our friend um, the Bone King. King as well, uh, will has known to live stream that off and on. I believe we even joined them for a session, but yeah, it's definitely rewarding for those looking for a co-op survival horror experience that still manages to be very Resident Evil in atmosphere. Yeah, it was released, I believe, originally on the PS2 in that era, and it was actually, it might have just been on the PS2, um, and they had Outbreak File 1 and 2. Those games I actually do remember playing a little bit in my childhood, and I always had a great time with them. Um, but aside from that, anything else you've been up to? Um, no, that's it, really. Just getting ready, uh, you know, playing Mortal Kombat 11 is the only other thing, which um is probably one of the best Mortal Kombat games to be released. Oh, yeah, we'll be able to get to that here shortly. Uh, Keanu, what, what have you been up to? Um, as far as things that I've been watching, I've been watching Hay- Hayaku, Haiku, I might be saying that wrong, but it's like a volleyball anime um it's very heartwarming like very team building like yay we did it achieving goals and dreams and shit so it's it's cute and i like it it's fun um that's on netflix if anybody wants to watch that um i have am also still listening to the witching hour by Anne rice um as uh, you guys know i've talked about these books before um or at least her books before and something i'd like to add on the note of those books is she places things that are factual in history so in depth into these books that it makes the story so 
believable. And I think that's also another reason why I like them so much is because she just aligns it with, you know, real life events and like the times that it just is, makes it very believable. Um, I have also been, I've been keeping up with my puff and paints, which I do uh, every Friday on my TikTok live at 8 PM Eastern time where we just, you know, hang out and um, I teach you how to paint something. I never know what I'm going to paint. It's usually just a surprise that day. I just pull something out of my ass <laughs> and that's what I do. Um, I've also been and working real quick. What's your TikTok so they can follow you there? Oh, it's at abundant studio. Just like everything else. <laughs> um, I have also been working on a personal piece that I am almost done with. And I'll probably go into more later when I finish it. Um, I, what else? I feel like there's something else. Oh, I've also recently been commissioned to do a, uh, what I'm going to start calling a tattoo painting. Um, someone asked me if I draw tattoos and I said that drawing was not necessarily my medium, uh, but I suggested that I could commission them a personal piece, a painting, you know, based off of the idea of the tattoo that they would like, because then it would be in my medium. And then I could give them the tattoo rights to uh, the rights to go get that tattooed. So I'm actually really excited about that. And I would kind of like to make that a regular thing. And then as always vibe checks. So yeah, that sounds like a fun new creative idea. The painting tattoos. I'm actually excited to see how that's going to turn out. Yeah, me too. Me too. And of course, your vibe checks, if anyone's been keeping up, uh, it's the personal vibe check that she does per people based off their social media pages. You can order that on her website as well. Yes, yes. And that's AbundantStudio.com. And it can be based off of your Instagram, off of your TikTok, or even if you just want to tell me some personal stuff about yourself or your horoscopes or whatever information you want to give me, pull a vibe from that. And I make you this little alien painting, which they're really, they're really dope and they do really well, actually. Would you say that they are out of this world? They are, in fact, out of this world. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I totally had somebody recently do, because um, I had posted one on my Instagram, and I was like, I'm almost positive that this person's hugs are fucking A1. And someone commented on it, and they're like, would you say the best hugs in the galaxy? And I was like, <laughs> dad joke gold. <laughs> Dad comedy is still a valid form of comedy. It is valid. It's one of my favorites, actually. <laughs> There's a reason why, despite the groans they earn, people keep telling dad jokes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're valid as fuck. If you don't let that out, it's dangerous. I believe there's probably a medical term for it, but especially if you're a white white dad, you just <laughs> you start to feel like uneasy inside if you don't let it out you know you, you feel off balance in your new balances <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> mm. all right if you two are uh finished i would like to go to my recents now <laughs> yes cody tell us what you have had going on all right so for television i've only really been watching two things uh city on a hill season two just premiered and i watched the first two episodes City on a Hill, for those of you who aren't aware, follows uh, Kevin Bacon as a corrupt FBI agent and DeCourcy Ward as a, a district attorney. And uh, basically, it's like traveling around Boston, looking at different like areas of corruption and crime. Now, I know in the past I described Snowfall as kind of being like The Wire, but the more I think about it, I think uh, City on a Hill is actually closer. Because it follows like the different sectors and the stuff going on there, you know, in the same format as The Wire. Mm-hmm. the uh the first season followed like bank robbers i can't remember exactly what part i believe it was charlestown but uh they were going around there stealing armored cars money etc season mm-hmm. two is taking place in uh the project somewhere around there i can't remember the exact section but it's more based around like the drug dealing you have some of the carryover characters from uh season one and it's kind of got like a through story that's adding new characters you know in different sections of the area as it goes along um executive produced by ben affleck and matt damon if that's uh interesting to anybody else it's shot really well though and i've been enjoying keeping up with that show voice voice i'm gonna definitely gonna have to check out that one because as we know i love the wire 
I tell you, from what I've uh, seen, it looks very down to earth and gritty and realistic. Uh, oh, it is. It's got uh, another actor in the first season whose name I can't place, but he was uh, the protagonist in the Black Donnellys, and I was a big fan of that as well. Huh. Um. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a really well done show, and I'm glad I stumbled upon it. I think what puts a lot of people off though is that it's on Showtime, so you either have to like rent it through another service or something like that, and you know, not a lot of people have that service. I don't believe. No, I actually been meaning to get it, but if I went when I do, that'd be the first thing I watch. <laughs> and other than that, I've been watching Lupin. Um, I'm nearly done with the first season. That is a French uh crime thriller that essentially follows one guy reenacting the exploits of a famous fictional gentleman burglar named Lupin. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it, but it's a really well crafted show. And if people uh, don't mind the subtitles, it's something that's definitely worth checking out. I have to sit down and actually finish it myself. So it's in a foreign language or yes, non-English act- language, rather. Yes, it's uh, it's French. OK, so it has English subtitles. What is uh, the show about? Could you disclose that without spoiling anything? Um, Essentially, I can I'll talk about the first episode. Uh, this guy who's a custodian at the Lou pretty much puts together a scheme to steal this really expensive necklace from a royal family that he has a uh, personal tie with. And so what his plan is to, you know, essentially get a small crew together and get out with the uh, diamond necklace. And there are a few twists and turns that uh, I would definitely recommend checking out. I'm about halfway through and there's still things going on that I did not anticipate. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. That's original. You don't see much to do with the lube, especially anymore. I think the last major thing I've seen on the had to do with the lube, and it might not have even had the lube, and it was the Mr. Bean movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't see too much done with that. Yeah, I wasn't planning on watching it, but uh, just because I was on vacation, we managed to sit down and actually check out the first few episodes, and I found myself actually really being curious as to what happens next as it progresses. So. If anyone, like I said, doesn't mind dealing with subtitles, definitely worth checking out. Mm, sometimes curiosity can lead to very rewarding outcomes, huh? Looking at Ooh, you, indeed. Chad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I Chad, you know what we're talking about. You, you know you know, you was boofing fireball whiskey. Look, Chad. it's fine, Chad. No one's judging you. We're just saying stop lying about it on Twitter, all right? We were all there at the party. We have the pictures. <laughs> and maybe not put cinnamon alcohol up your ass. Maybe yeah. not do that. That's why you had to go to the ER. That's why your dad didn't get reelected. All right. Whoa. Stop being a dick, Chad. <laughs> Apparently Lupin, cause someone had told me, cause I, someone had told me to watch this show. Sorry to, you know, kind of no, no, trickle. go ahead. Um, Someone had told me to watch this show. And then I brought it up to one of my friends and I can't remember if he said that it was originally a manga or if it was originally an anime or maybe both. Mm. Um, before it was converted into the series. And he had some mm. some issues with particular pieces of it because of that, you know, as most of us who read a book first and then watch the movie after, we're obviously generally not as pleased. Um, yeah, it doesn't follow the source material as well. Yeah, as the rest of the world is when they haven't seen it. But I just, interesting tidbit. Yeah, so I don't, I'm not sure which it was. I tried to look it up while we were, you know, talking. But I believe it's a, a manga I think. Oh. I think. Okay. Like some type of literature dating back to, it says like dating back to like 1905. So. Yes. When it comes to the uh, series, they reference it as like it being a novel or a book itself. Uh-huh. Um, nothing about it being a manga, but I do. All right. That's pretty interesting. I was curious about that. I just figured it was kind of like an old timey uh, novel. Well, I mean, it probably was an old timey novel, and then there's probably been other other material, other adaptations. you know, okay. yeah, other adaptations of it as well, which I I find to be interesting. I always think that those types of things are cool, especially when you have like an original one, and then you have like these different adaptations and different mediums, so to speak. I I always think that that's a really. Cool I would thing. agree. Um, I like things that have a lot of adaptations. That actually is what's going to lead me to our next segment. Everyone's uh favorite segment rando retro cue the music
And we're back. So, for those of you who aren't aware, Rando Retro is the segment that I just came up with a while ago to explain and justify spending about a hundred or so dollars on a bunch of old video games that I didn't need to buy. So, <laughs> furthermore, uh, this segment is going to be to discuss Aliens 3 for the Super Nintendo. Have either of you ever played this video game? No. No. Wait. Okay. Wait. Okay. Give me a moment before you go into Is it first person? No. All right, then no. Nope. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> okay, so uh, Aliens 3 came out on a lot of the consoles, like the regular, you know, Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, Super Nintendo, like I had mentioned. That's what I have played. It was also on the Sega, which I had played previously. Mm. But uh, the one I'm going to discuss would be the Super Nintendo version, which was released in October of 1992. Shh. Now, it's a side-scrolling run-and-gun game where you play as Ellen Ripley, and you actually get more guns in this than you do throughout uh, the entirety of the third Aliens movie. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Noise. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it depends how you feel about the third Aliens movie. Um, In this game, you get the flamethrower, the grenade launcher, and the assault rifle, which are all staples of the Aliens uh, movie, you know, as I'm sure you're all aware. Keanu, yeah. disagree, it's fine. Yep, yeah. mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's fun. The Super Nintendo version just comes with six stages, and you're on the prison colony that also takes place in the third movie, so you're running around, you know, like I mentioned, trying to free the prisoners, and you actually get a password system, so if you die and go to the main menu, you can go back to the, uh, stage where you were last, you know, left off at. Nice. So, are there, um, lives rewarded, or is it, like, one life, you die, your only way to progress is the password? One life, you die, but you have to, and you progress with the passwords. Yeah, so you have to clear out the entire stages, and you rescue the prisoners, seal off areas so the xenomorphs can't get to you, and all this while you're running around, fighting off face huggers, xenomorphs, and getting your way to the end, which, as I'm sure if you're an alien fan, you probably know, is going to be to fight a queen. Oh. Now that part I know. Like Beyonce? <laughs> mm. Yes, queen. <laughs> uh no the xenomorph queen as a you know popular by as made popular by the film aliens oh um, get away from her you bitch and such okay yes yes of uh that fame now i'm not nearly good enough to get to the ending of this game within the time period that i played it uh i played it long enough to get a callus and to get my ass kicked and that was good enough for me to go online and look up how it went <laughs> um, in terms of like the way the game handles, it's really fun. It's nothing too complex. You just go back and forth, and like I said, you flip between the three main weapons. Depending what you're doing, a certain weapon's going to be better for a certain situation. You can go online and look up the speed run for this. It looks like it'd be about three and a half hours. Um, if you just want to check out the game online, though, it's pretty fun. I had a good time playing it, and uh, yeah, that has been this segment of Rando Retro. <laughs> That's uh it, okay. I got, I got your outro song covered here. <clears throat> He's gonna take you back to the piano. Nope, nope, no, nope, nope, cut nope, it, uh, cut uh, it. Uh, nope. Mm, mm, no, you okay. know, you know damn well we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when we come back, we will be discussing the Mortal Kombat franchise. Yeah. And we're back, talking about all things Mortal Kombat that we can cover. And to lead this discussion, I am honored to present CJ. <laughs> well, thank you, good sir. I love how you put that. You're honored to present me like I'm some sort of hors d'oeuvre, <laughs> and I am. Take a bow, bitch. <laughs> Take a bow, bitch. Mm, sashay away, girl. Uh, so, speaking, <laughs> speaking of sashays and sashes, because eh? Johnny yeah. Cage wears a sash, um, let's talk about Mortal Kombat. So, we're luckily, luckily one of us don't, um, is pretty fresh and doesn't know much or anything about the lore. So for those of you who are like our friend here, I'll kind of go in, and even for a lot of casual Mortal Kombat fans might be surprised to learn how deep the lore goes. So we'll start at the beginning of time. So <laughs> before, there, before time or any realms were created, there was a council of elder gods. 
These are very powerful, omnificent beings. You could probably guess kind of what they do. They're a bit able to create, but, you know, they're immortal beings. And then um, there's another rival group of beings referred to as Titans. Titans are not as benevolent. They're not as nice. Um, they're pretty controlling and powerful and violent. Um, so between these two groups, there is one being that um, more favors the Titan group. He's this big, um, if you're a Marvel fan, Galactus is sort of a good idea uh, to associate with this man, with this uh, creature. Um, the Elder Gods band together and destroy this creature into um, a bunch of parts. And they decide to, that out of these remnants of this being, we're going to create these different realms. So that that really is the origin of the Mortal Kombat lore, the one thing that stays consistent in any medium. So, let's talk about Mortal Kombat. What is Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat is a fight to the death between two realms. So, the outcome of it could be uh, whatever the ruler of the realm chooses. If your ruler is more evil or corrupted, he might choose to absorb other realms. Um... And the Elder Gods really don't want this to happen as each realm is a piece of that big omnificent being. They do not want him to come back. So they decided to create balance. They'll have this tournament. That way you don't really affect free will as much. But you... you um. So yeah. Um, two teams fight each other to the death. Winner takes the realm. So essentially... So you're saying the winner takes the realm. But if they keep taking each other's realms then wouldn't that thing form back up well there's a cap okay so you have to win 10 consecutive mortal Kombat tournaments before you can take the realm in this case which is uh the primary motivation for shao khan and the person that uh was before him onaga i believe was his name cj uh yes the dragon king onaga so since all of these realms are um a whole of this one uh titan which are essentially like you know evil well not evil but just not so nice fucking things um yes. so are each of these realms also in and of themselves inherently evil as well um no th uh the realms themselves are fairly neutral as the creature is dormant what really affects that uh how the realms are, I guess, viewed as evil or good or bad would be the ruler, you know, in question. Okay. So, for example, would be um, Outworld is one of the realms, and it's probably one of the more famous realms because um, it is the opposing team in the Mortal Kombat lore, typically. Would you like Would you like me to list all six of the realms? I just looked it up. That would be great. Okay, so we have Earth Realm, Nether Realm, Outworld. Order Realm, Chaos Realm, and Adenia. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, to quickly explain each one, Earth Realm obviously is Earth. Outworld is um, a more... The best way to think of that is an empirical sort of realm. It's under the rule of a king. Um, mm -hmm. This king is more of I'll invade and conquer. Um, the, the realm itself would is more usually a purple hue... Uh, a wasteland, there's not much vegetative growth. Um, Edenia is sort of the opposite of that. Uh, even though it does have a monarchy still, um, it is more of a peaceful realm. It's it's very much the yin to the yang of Outworld, if that so makes like sense. So like a Garden of Eden, so Yes, exactly, exactly. That's where, yeah, that's where the name comes from. Order Realm is sort of this, uh, what is the name of that? Demolition Man. It's like Demolition Man. In a, it's very, the, the realm is very under control. There's laws for laws, and there's rules for rules, if that makes sense. Everything well, is order. It's all in the name, the order yeah. realm. Mm -hmm. so. Chaos realm, if you can guess, the opposite. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so everything's got a balance. So we're going to start at Mortal Kombat, uh, the events of the games and movies, starting with one, which takes place in the early 90s. That the to set up this the story where we come in where we first meet Mortal Kombat, Outworld has won nine tournaments. Okay. Um, so, um, they only have to win one more tournament to win. The last time 
they were beaten. Um, the leader of the combat forces for Outworld is named Shang Tsung, who is originally from Earth Realm, but you know, is able to cross realms because he's endowed with certain abilities. So he is basically sort of like a, a general for for Outworld's forces right now uh, in Mortal Kombat. So Shang Tsung was last defeated by uh, nine tournaments ago by this man named the Great Kung Lao. So that's important because he has two descendants that are in the games that are front and center. So when we come to the events of the game, Shang Tsung has won his nine tournaments. He only has one more. And if he wins, Earthrealm is merged with Outworld and under Outworld rule. So Raiden, Lord Raiden is the um, god of lightning and thunder. He, and he's also a protector of Earthrealm. Okay. Yes, he is the our protector. He he decides to handpick the best warriors he can find in Earthrealm. So this includes people like Johnny Cage, a Hollywood movie actor who's a, uh, also a serious martial artist. He wants to kind of prove that he's not, you know, some fake actor, that he's a real martial artist. Yeah. Um, you have Liu Kang, one of the descendants of the great Kung Lao. He's a Shaolin monk trained. Um, and he worked, he represents the White Lotus Society is the name of his group. Uh, you have Kano. Kano is a mercenary, more neutral. He, If anything, he leads toward the bad. He doesn't really want Earthrealm to lose because he has a dog in the fight. However, he's open to the highest bidder. You know, he's a mercenary. We have the two ninjas, Sub-Zero of the Lin Kuei clan and Scorpion of the Shuri Ryu. Um, those two have a pretty deep uh, interconnected story that that um, will be up front and center in the upcoming movie this month. Uh, so that's going to be fun to see because their their feud goes all the way back to feudal Japan. Because Scorpion isn't necessarily alive per se is what you would call a specter. Okay. So more of a like a physical ghost. Um, and he takes us into. Uh, the nether realm when we explore him a bit more and we finally have sonia blade who is a uh u.s military special forces uh commando so to speak um she uh you know she's considered the best in the entire of any military in earth realm she's chosen specifically she helps keep kano in check because in the first timeline in Mortal Kombat, Kano is on the side of Earthrealm, and huh, so I actually had no idea. The that's 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 basically the events walking into Mortal Kombat One, uh, the first Mortal Kombat game ever released. So, okay. how does that end? Well, Earthrealm wins. Liu Kang defeats Shao Kahn, and um, uh, I'm sorry, Liu Kang defeats Shang Tsung. So Earthrealm now has disrupted that and is saved. That is the A to B of Mortal Kombat One. So because that they because they defeated them, it's ten. They have to win ten in a row, correct? Y yes. So now they have to start all over again. They have to start all over again, and okay. um, so the leader of Outworld probably ain't too happy. His name is Shao Kahn. Um. He's uh he kind of basically stole the the throne of Outworld, <laughs> uh, but yeah he's pretty upset about this. So Shang Tsung, who survives the Liu Kang, barely, um, is about to be killed because he's already had his power stripped from him for losing to the Great Kung Lao. So he looks like an old man. Now Shao Kahn says, "You know what? I'm done with you. I'm gonna kill you." He goes, "You know what? I have one more idea." Then he goes, "What if um." We just host another tournament here and make it sort of a double or nothing. If Earthrealm agrees, then um, we can take their realm after and they'll be at a disadvantage because they'll be in our realm. So that's Mortal Kombat 2. So it's pretty uh, simple. Those two timelines, um, that that is only true in the original timeline. In 2009, the timelines were rebooted in Mortal Kombat 9. So the rest of the Mortal Kombat timeline, just to go a bit quicker rather than go game by game, because we'll be here all day, uh, <laughs> is uh, there's um, Earthrealm uh, wins the second tournament that they agreed to double or nothing again. Shao Kahn says, fuck that shit. I'm invading Earthrealm. 
they decide to invade Earthrealm anyway. That's Mortal Kombat 3. Elder Gods proceed to do dick all. Yes, Elder Gods proceed to do dick all. And there's a there's no good reason given in the original timeline. It, there's a reason given in the reboot. <laughs> if you play Mortal Kombat 9, you'll see the reason. Um, but yeah, see, the Elder Gods typically can't get involved because they fear their involvement will wake that being up, you know? So, oh, boo-hoo. Yeah. Why make the rules if you're not going to enforce them then? Like, what's right? the point? They live in fear. <laughs> I guess no one's ever called their bluff. But yeah, after Shao Kahn invades Earthrealm, he obviously will lose. Um, which, you know, I can't recap the events of Mortal Kombat 4 because they're not the most linear. But that's really where we have this new antagonist, more powerful than Shao Kahn from the Nether Realm, Shinnok. And Shinnok is. Um, He's sort of like an elder god. I, if I'm not mistaken, he originally was an elder god. Either way, he's banished to Nether Realm now, and so now he sees his chance to seize all the realms, since Outworld by this point had conquered at least four other realms that you know uh, of not the uh, that yeah. are not of the six. Cody name, I believe. Oh wait, not of the six. Yep, there is Zatera. Veternus, uh, Arnek Islands, and Ashtek. Ashtek is where Kotal Khan's people would be from. Oh, okay, my boy Kotal Khan. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Outworld has already captured a few realms at this point. And as you pointed out, uh, Elder Gods seem not to do dick all, except in this one, they get involved. Why? Because Shinnok, um, like I said, his power kind of rivals out of an Elder God. He's, you know, fucking up the balances of the realms, trying to take the realms. So now they get involved and rebanish him. Uh, let's see. I'll take you all the way to Armageddon, guys. We'll do this. We only have two more. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take you to Armageddon. All right. So now we're on the Dead Deadly Alliance timeline. The Deadly Alliance, that is where two very powerful sorcerers, Shang Tsung, who you I, I, you recall, uh, I was just talking about him. And you Shao Kahn's minion. Yeah, you have this, and he now, since he presented that idea to Shao Kahn, he's now been restored to full power, and he's young again. Because Shao Kahn was like, oh, that's a great idea, bro, let me give you your powers. Yeah. You can now see your willy again. So, <laughs> one thing I glossed over and didn't mention is Quan Chi is the name of another sorcerer that works for Shinnok. Quan Chi is Shinnok Shang Tsung, if that makes sense. His right-hand man, if you will. Yes, he's a he's a sorcerer, and he is directly responsible for Scorpion's return as a specter. So he's very powerful. He can kind of play with life and death like that. Okay. So Quan Chi joins forces with Shang Tsung, and they they like okay. So we we used to be bitches. Now we're big dogs. Let's kill Liu Kang, which they kill Liu Kang. They succeed in that. In a fucking absolutely brutal opening. They just snap his fucking neck. <laughs> Shang Tsung just snaps his neck like he's nothing. Um, so, basically, what they're trying to do is um, kind of tap into all the souls across the realm because their powers are very much geared toward souls. That's basically their arc in Deadly Alliance. Earthrealm has to stop them and accidentally an, old, an ancient king is awakened through these through the meddling of the two sorcerers. And okay. that introduces us to the dragon king, Onaga. He's of an ancient race of dragons that used to rule Outworld. So uh -huh. he's, he's one of the original rulers of Outworld. He's... And, and if you'll recall earlier, uh, he was the person who Shao Kahn ended up taking over after the fact. And I didn't know, CJ, uh, if you're going to mention this, but he actually had an army of mummified soldiers waiting for his return. Yes, directly. Now, in real life, there are the uh, findings of the Tarkatan soldiers, which I'm pretty sure they are Japanese, but they could be. They, oh, they're Chinese. They are Chinese uh, statues of these warriors that protect like a tomb, mm -hmm. and they found them buried underground, but they're called Tarkatan soldiers. So and, and in this this universe, they're called Tarkatan soldiers as well. So as is this the Dragon King, is he like on the same side as the... The two sorcerers, the no. person with the souls and the not um, at all. Actually, in fact, he's been he's been you know dead, basically dormant for, since um, he uh, 
since, I'm sorry, since Shao Kahn has taken over. He had been sort of lying dormant, uh, but dead. De- death in Mortal Kombat Universe is basically your soul goes to another realm. Mm-hmm. Um, it could it could go to Outworld. It could go, I mean, I'm sorry, it can go, if it goes to Outworld, Shang Tsung has you, and I'm sorry, bro. But uh, <laughs> it's um, essentially to make uh, a little bit easier for people to understand who maybe aren't familiar with Mortal Kombat. It's kind of like in Dragon Ball universe, where if you die, you just got to go to another plane of existence and you can okay. come yes. back some way. Mm-hmm. OK, that makes yes, sense. you can. You can. Uh, so that's kind of how like oh, I thought this character died, like Johnny Cage died a few times. Mm-hmm. Come back. So, yeah, uh, the Dragon King is basically he wants to reclaim his throne. You know, he was okay. wronged. He's got to right that wrong. and He's got to raise his army to do so. And okay. what better way to raise an army of dead, dormant soldiers than this big soul resource that the two sorcerers kind of open for him? <laughs> so um, that that takes you into Mortal Kombat Deception. So the basic goal there is Onaga, the Dragon King, is trying to uh, not uh, not only has is he successfully reclaimed Outworld now in the spirit of conquistadorism. He decides, I'm going to go ahead and take the other realms because only only ones protecting it now are weak. Raiden's my only challenge. And even now, as we speak, he's a little corrupted. So, unfortunately, in this game is where you see Raiden uh, really tap into the dark side because of the dormancy of the Elder Gods. They uh, choose not to, again, interact. Uh, which is Do dick all, I believe, is the way I phrased it. <laughs> Which is something that, like, a lot of Mortal Kombat fans are frustrated over. It's like, okay, is that lazy writing, or are they? Is there some mystical wisdom? None of which is answered in this timeline, because now that someone has defeated the Dragon King, they have alerted uh, these two ancient beings who's been watching these events play out. And mm-hmm. these two ancient beings, their role is to call Armageddon, and Armageddon is the end of times. It is mm-hmm. all hell breaks loose. It does, good or bad is not a thing. Everyone wants to win Armageddon so they can beat uh, Blaze now, who is the the uh, protector of the Armag- the pyramid. Which mm-hmm. the pyramid is really it's more symbolic than anything. But essentially, what you want to do as a fighter is you want to get to the top of that pyramid and beat Blaze so that you can have the power to basically change the realms to as you please. Okay. So that there's a little looseness there and it's it's I don't think it's ever clearly spelled out as to like why did they set this up like this but uh if you if you want that I I probably can't and there probably is an answer I just don't know it you you just have to if someone out there is really desperate bro you can google it or you can just play the conquest mode in Armageddon those were great but yeah so the end of uh so what happens there is Everyone dies, and Shao Kahn, who everyone is brought back to dead before I'm uh, brought back to life before Armageddon. I should have prefaced that. Shao Kahn is back alive. He wins Armageddon. Him and Raiden. He he defeats Blaze, gets the powers, and kills Raiden. Right before he kills Raiden, Raiden realizes why the the ancient the Elder Gods have been dormant is because they needed Shao Kahn to continue violating the rules so they could interfere without. Oh. Uh, Without upsetting any of the titans that remain that are in control of powerful elements like time. So essentially without upsetting the balance. So they've been sitting back waiting for someone to fuck up enough to where they could like step in. Yes. And it wouldn't be an issue with pissing anyone else. It wouldn't piss their bosses off, you know? Yes, exactly. Uh, it, It wouldn't upset the titans who, you know, would really cause a war with the Elder Gods. They just really wanted to keep balance. So that's not revealed till 2011. Mm-hmm. In the Mortal Kombat Nine, just it's just called Mortal Kombat. <coughs> Excuse me. So that rebooted our timeline, which where we are now, we're three iterations from that. The timeline seems to like they saved it from drifting toward Armageddon now, and you know we've had new characters and stuff since. So that's Mortal Kombat game universe in a nutshell, and there is a much deeper lore. Because, like I said, if we if I talked about it in all honesty, what, you know, and I don't know as much as like hard hardcore fans, they could sit here and talk to you for days because there's comic book lore, there's spinoff games, animes, um, 
actually, I think Cody mentioned he was watching, uh, I think it's called Scorpion's Revenge. Yeah, it's Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. It's a pretty graphic anime. I only watch, well, I guess, uh, yeah, anime works. It's a pretty graphic, violent show or uh, one-off movie about Scorpion, as you might guess. Now, I didn't get a chance to finish all of it, but I did watch the first, I'd say, act. And mm-hmm. I was really enjoying the uh, design of it, personally. It has a great art style. And one thing it it really does well is it tells the story of Scorpion uh, and his rival, we with Sub-Zero and Manipulation by Quan Chi. Uh, that's one thing that does really well. One th- my, my big issue with it is that it directly interferes with canon events, such as, spoiler alert, Scorpion kills Goro <laughs> and defeats Shang Tsung. What? <laughs> yeah, but, um, well, you know, it's an in-depth Mortal Kombat discussion. I'm sure they can expect that coming. But I'm sure there's people out there that love it, that will defend it, and that's cool. It's okay to like it. Uh, Mortal Kombat's lore is loose and complicated, so it's forgivable for stuff like that. It's forgivable for, like... um the alternate timelines you see in the Mortal Kombat Legacy series that uh, it ran two seasons. They were doing a third based on Mortal Kombat X. I'm not sure if it's filming anymore, but that one um, has Louis Tan, who's in the Mortal Kombat reboot as Cole Young. And it um, has a lot of the same characters from the Legacy series. Much more famously, you have a sort of alternate take uh, of events, a more PG-13 take with the 1995, I believe it was released, a movie. I know um, it was the 90s. I don't know exactly what year. I, uh, but yeah, that movie, it, it's adored by Mortal Kombat fans. If you you could watch that movie not knowing anything about Mortal Kombat and at least take away, okay, I basically know what the tournament is. I might not know the deep reasons why, but I know what it is. I know who the these important characters are for the most part. Um, even though they did sub zero and scorpion wrong, in my opinion, in that movie, but still it's an enjoyable little fun movie. Um, so that's they had a follow up sequel as well that I don't mm-hmm. really often, uh, recall. I oh. <laughs> do remember seeing it a few times, but I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not as memorable as the first one. You're talking about annihilation, huh? Yeah. yeah. yeah I think that's the subtitle for it. I was, I was avoiding it. Um, ah, well, I just thought we should at least <laughs> mention that it was there. We don't have to talk about it. Yeah, th- 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 that's a direct sequel to the original 90s movie, for those un- uh, unaware. Um, CJ, I wanted to ask you this earlier when we were talking about the video games. What was your main introduction to the series? Which one do you recall playing, I guess, that really brought you into it? Uh, Mortal Kombat 2. Um, I, my, my dad's Gen Xer, so he's on the younger side compared to most people our age's parents. Um, so he was very much into arcade and Super Nintendo. So we had a Super Nintendo, we had Mortal Kombat 2, so that just was meant to be. And my dad also took us to a lot of arcades when we were younger. Uh, you remember arcades, guys? Those were awesome. Yeah. Oh, they were wonderful. I do. I do remember arcades. And that's my introduction to, okay. There's more games than Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> so, yeah, it was our uh, Super Nintendo first, then arcade. Okay, what uh, what character do you usually play as, and what one do you prefer oh, to play as today? Johnny Johnny Cage is my main, and has always been my main. Um, oh, very nice. Um, I mean, he's my favorite uh, character, probably, of all the Mortal Kombat characters. Hmm, interesting choice. I mean, I like Johnny Cage, especially in Mortal Kombat 9. That's the game that actually brought me back into the series, but the yes. the main character that I've been playing as is usually Sub-Zero, except in Mortal Kombat X, which I feel like, I don't know if it was just me or the controls, or it just seemed kind of wonky to me. I couldn't yeah. really get any of the characters to play well. I feel like they messed up Sub-Zero a little bit. But uh, Mortal Kombat 11, which I just recently played based on your recommendation, I absolutely adore. That is a fun game. Oh, yeah. The story, you know, much longer than... I would say it probably rivals the older Conquest story modes, but uh, as far as length, story is just as engaging as nine. X's story mode, for me, is touch and go. There were parts that I could pay attention to. I'm sorry. The combat kids were too forced for me. 
That's uh, I can't remember their names. Cassie Cage, uh, Jax's daughter. I think her name is Jackie, actually. Yeah, uh, Jackie. I say it. Um, you have Takeda, and you have another guy. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. So I mean, I understand you need new characters to the lore, but for me, that's they were so forced in that storyline. It was rivaling the Johnny Cage storyline. It was hard to stay interested. For me, the cool part was the Johnny Cage part because I'm a big fan of him. So it's like, okay, we get to see him kind of shine. Oh, he comes from a line of basically demigods. Cool. That explained why he randomly shoots green goo out of his hands. Sort of, or energy. Sounds like you should go to the doctor for that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I actually uh, really appreciated all the love they gave Johnny Cage, though. And I, like you mentioned, I did appreciate the Demigod edition. Because otherwise, like, why is this guy able to keep up with all of these people that are just, like, shooting spears out of their hands? You can freeze right. people. It's, right. Yeah, it's just something that was kind of odd. Like, it defied the See, power scaling. A lot of other people's abilities have always had a set in stone explanation, except for a lot of the Earthrealm people. Johnny Cage being the main one. I might could buy that, okay the Shaolin warrior who's training with Shaolin monks of techniques that go back thousands of years or hundreds and possibly a thousand plus years. I could buy that um, much before much. I could buy that much easier than I could. Oh, a random. Basically Jean-Claude Van Damme has all these energy powers. Why? So uh, that's never really set in stone explained, which is something that fortunately the new movie seems to do pretty well. They have their own explanation that's non-spoilery that, you know, they released this information before announcing a release date. So each character is not chosen by Raiden. Each character in this new movie is more chosen by way ahead of time, sort of predestination sort of vibe. Um, They're chosen if I'm not mistaken, they call it Arcana. That's their power. And they are able to unlock it through intense training. So thankfully for people like Kiani or, you know, even <laughs> even people who, who don't know anything at all, because Kiani is pretty well educated now. Yeah, I'm pretty educated. You know, before we went into this, I the, all I knew is that there was a lot of uh, masks involved and this was pre-COVID. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a... <laughs> I'm so mad I couldn't find any good reptile masks. That would have been awesome. But uh, yeah, so that's basically it. You know, the new movie seems to be very friendly to to people who know almost nothing at all about Mortal Kombat because they have a new character who is also going to be new to everything. The trailer but, looked dope. I mean, I would yeah. definitely go watch it knowing absolutely nothing about it. And and for yeah. for, for fans who you know kind of hesitant about it. If the trailer didn't sell you, I showed Cody a clip earlier that was released on, uh, I believe, Geek Culture released it on their Twitter. And it's basically a scene of Kong Lao uh, teleporting with his hat, which is something, um, you know, the, the character has been in Mortal Kombat Legacy. They didn't really do much with him. But it this just the way these video game based characters move, it's like they're pulled out of the video game. And the, the thing to stress about this movie and why a lot of the fight scenes really hit, um, it takes a lot from the movie The Raid Redemption, which is a very well-loved and uh, very well-choreographed fight movie. Um, so it has that element to it. All the actors are were, uh, were uh, or still are stunt workers and legit martial artists. So it's them doing the moves. The idea they went into is minimal CGI, except for like, you know, the supernatural stuff. Um, Use real fighters, real fight choreography. So I thought that was pretty, pretty damn awesome. I think that that's, I think that that's really cool when they like take a movie and, and then they actually like do their homework and put in the right amount of effort to make sure that it's like, correct and hit like historically accurate or whatever mm-hmm. i i always think that that's a really dope touch on things i don't spoil anything for anyone but if you haven't seen the trailer uh now would be a good time to do that obviously because that moment for me that really sold it is when you're watching uh sub-zero pop into play 
and he's mm-hmm. going at it with Jax, and he freezes oh, yeah. the gun, <laughs> and then it starts to go up his arms, and he rips it off. I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm just going to watch this entire thing multiple Bro. times. Yes, like, as soon as I saw that happen, I said, oh, what the fuck? Like, I'm into this. Let's go. Let's go. We're not, we're not fucking around here anymore, are we? <laughs> oh, man. It, the whole trailer gave me shivers when I first saw it, dude, because not only of shit, shit like that, you have you get that Scorpion Sub Zero fight for a, a little bit. I mean, it's it's a cut up a little, but you still get that, and that's awesome because you get that like ice cold delivery from Sub Zero when he says his name. Uh, you get the spear. You get actual actors of Asian descent playing Asian characters instead right? of white dudes. Right? Phenomenal! <laughs> Phenomenal! Look and- at us, we're co- coming so far in the world. <laughs> And that is dearly important to this franchise, as it should be, because if you couldn't tell, this whole thing, martial arts tournament, screams a lot of vibes and uh, homages to Japanese and Chinese martial arts culture. There's a lot of that symbology in the games, uh, the characters, everything. And you don't really see it really given the proper love, because this, this, the game is clearly influenced by movies like Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. If you've mm-hmm. never seen that movie, shame on you. Go watch it now. <laughs> right now. Go right now. That's the that's the original Mortal Ca- Kombat right there. Casual whistle, casual whistle, casual whistle. <laughs> I love it. I, I recommend that movie. Can't recommend it enough. It's a it's a classic for a reason. And it was an instant classic when it was released. Like people knew. Every now and then a movie will come out and people just fucking know that it's gonna be a classic. I was mm-hmm. I was like that with um, Deadpool. When Deadpool came out, I was like, "This is gonna, this is an instant fucking cult classic," and yeah, it's it is. <laughs> yeah, I would say and, uh, if I'm gonna go with my estimates, this uh, new movie is definitely going to be an instant classic. I, I believe so as well. I believe it has a chance to pass the original, pay good homage to the uh, games, but also. Have enough freedom since this is Mortal Kombat and it's real convoluted, as you've learned. Uh, <laughs> uh, it gives them real wiggle room to, you know, be really creative and also to really show love to um, the uh, Asian characters and have actual Asian actors play them. Um, and you know, previous I can't help but notice the speaking role for Asian actors, and this is something that this is something that like I follow all those actors on Twitter mostly because. And the, even the producer, they're all so down to earth. They'll interact with you. Like, if you just say, hi, what's up on Twitter, they'll just message you back. Not many celebrities do that. That's awesome. <laughs> so let alone ones that are also fans and geeks over the game like you. So, um, I, I know, but yeah, I was following some of their uh, Twitter feeds and some of the uh, actors such as Ludi Lin and Louis Tan pointed out that previously it seems like Asian roles in Western film is relegated to you're either a stereotypical Chinese or uh, Japanese character or you you don't get much speaking lines and that mm-hmm. seemed to be it so it's nice to kind of to see that broken pretty nicely in this because uh, each character at least from what we got to see in the trailer they seem to put off their own character their own vibe you know their own energy. yeah they seem like they did a really good job, like nailing the wardrobe and getting the personalities down for the characters. I know we've mostly just seen small clips, but even like that Kung Lao bit that you showed me earlier was just phenomenal to see. Yeah, <laughs> it blew me away. I was like, oh, my God, because yeah, I wasn't sure if we were just getting fluffed by the producer. Like, like, I'm pretty sure we're getting fluffed with the new Resident Evil movie. We'll see. I don't want to dig too deep into that one just yet. We have plenty of time to uh, talk about that. Oh yeah, I, I was just referring it, referring to it. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Well, I'm trying to go down that hole. Um, out of curiosity, with this new movie, I mean, I know they show a lot of the fatalities, but do you have any predictions? Like, do you think they're going to focus on a lot of the type of story that you're going to get out of like the first Mortal Kombat game, or do you think they're going to try to keep it like the more modern reboot style? Hmm. I think it's going to be new. I think it's going to be their own take. Uh, I don't think. I, I hope they don't include much elements from Mortal Kombat X. Mortal Kombat X hasn't aged well with the Mortal Kombat community. Um, I think they learned that. But I think it'll be mostly its own unique take uh, 
on it that is still true to Mortal Kombat has the characters. There might be a little change, such as Jax losing his arms to Sub-Zero instead of Ermac, or, you know, and, and people are, this is what pisses me off, okay? There's no, let me, let me back up. First off, the, Johnny Cage doesn't seem to be in this film. I'm not saying he is or isn't. It do, the producer, no one wants to confirm either way. We have to watch it. But, and he's nowhere in the trailer, no hint of him. If I had to guess, he's not in the film. And a lot of the tox, more toxic fans just started fucking slamming, trying to threatening to cancel the movie for not having their white <laughs> dude front and center in this movie. And I'm like, dude, you got a, you got Kano for one. Who seems hilarious? You saw his bit at the end, right? Taking out the heart, you fucking beauty. Yeah, exactly. I love that moment. <laughs> Kano I, is just like he should be, as like he is in the game. He's a very fucking psychopathic person. Yeah, yeah. So, so that knife scene in Crocodile Dundee. If it was Kano instead of pulling the knife out of his boot, he would be pulling it out of your gut or something. You know, <laughs> that's a fucking knife, mate. So fucking knife. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to do its own sort of take, stay true to the game lore where it needs to. I'm sure. Okay, here's the thing: we got to come to we got to come to terms with guys. Some of our favorite characters are going to die, and they have to die because it's Mortal Kombat. Does that mean they'll stay dead? Of course not. Their goal seems to be, as a producer expressed, they're open to a cinematic universe similar to Marvel. And I think that now that that ball has officially been dropped with DC, sorry. I like the DC movies, by the way, but I view that ball as being dropped and they are also a Warner <laughs> Brothers property. So it's relevant. <laughs> so they're like, we, well, let's try this instead. <laughs> you have, I, yes, I feel like they, that opportunity is there here. And it's, you know, there's very different producers on this one than any of the DC films, luckily. Uh, so I think that possibility is there. So if you're, let's say, uh, I'm going to try to name a character. I don't think it's going to be in it. And then say that they die. Okay, so just warning. You know, this ain't a, this ain't a theory. So let's say... Um, Kotal Khan gets his head ripped off. Yes, let's say you're a Kotal Khan fan, and they have your boy Kotal Khan in here. All right, well, if the story pits him against someone else, uh, his side has to take losses too. So Kotal Khan gets his head ripped off. Okay, Kotal Khan fans, frowny face. However... You got to realize this is Mortal Kombat we're talking about. People got to die, just like in the story. If it if you didn't like playing Mortal Kombat Nine, if you didn't like scenes like I'm a huge I'm a big fan of Kung Lao, he's my favorite Shaolin warrior. If you didn't like spoiler alert spoiler alert uh, for Mortal Kombat Nine, if you didn't like seeing him get his neck snapped, if that didn't sit well with you, and he threw a fit. I mean, you're not going to want to watch a movie of that. You're, you, I recommend the PG-13 one where they just fought, like, nameless goons. Oh, no, wait. If you were a Sub-Zero fan or a Scorpion fan, you probably didn't <laughs> like it, huh? <laughs> but, yeah, so what I'm saying is your your favorite character might die, okay? But here's what I'm saying. If he is given his on-screen justice, his or her on-screen justice, right? If they're badass, they get their time to shine, and their death serves a good story purpose... I think that's a great contribution to the series a lot better than if I, if my favorite character just, you know, smarts off in the background, it doesn't really impact, you know, to the story as a whole. Yes. Like that, that definitely makes more sense. Right. Like, and as you said before, like they essentially just end up in limbo. And if they're going to create a whole universe out of this, there's a huge possibility that that person will be back at some fucking point. So for you to get your mm -hmm. panties wrapped up in a bunch, doesn't really make fucking sense. Like just enjoy, enjoy it. And storyline. if you know anything about the video game franchise as a whole and the stories like CJ extensively went into, thankfully, you know what characters are probably, you know, occasionally going to get pumped off or what could happen if, like, let's say X character dies. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the end. It could lead to a bunch of different possibilities in the movie universe are looking forward to making, which I personally, just based off this trailer, hope they do. Dude, imagine, like, a spinoff show following, like, okay, let's say they kill Sub-Zero in this movie, and if you don't know Sub-Zero's ultimate fate in the game, I'm talking about the games, talking about the games, so it shouldn't be spoilery to the movie unless they go this route. If you don't want to listen to it, skip ahead 35 seconds. Okay, so in the game, uh, Scorpion kills Sub-Zero, the first Sub-Zero. Why? Because he believes the first Sub-Zero killed his family. 
Well, spoiler alert, he didn't. It was Quan Chi manipulating all the events to kind of take control of a powerful warrior like Scorpion. So, yeah, that's Scorpion's basic arc. Uh, That takes place in the first game. But he has a little brother who assumes the Sub-Zero mantle. So, Sub-Zero, when he dies, there's a new Sub-Zero. That's his younger brother. So, the original Sub-Zero comes back as another specter known as Noob Saibot, who's a a shadow being, serves Quan Chi. So, the movie could take that route, and you could have a whole spinoff following, like, just one realm. You could have the history of the Denia, the history of Outworld. You could uh, have the the women of Mortal Kombat as a spinoff. There's a bunch of female characters I haven't seen in the trailer. Yeah, there are a lot of people that are leaving out of it. Obviously, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Noob Saibot, a lot of the females. There's a lot more they mm-hmm. could expand upon, and I'm sure they'd be more than happy to, especially with, like, the current model that HBO Max is following. They seem to be more than happy with what's going on. So, you know, the, the reason why I brought up the fatality stuff, uh, the death, is because if... A lot of people in that trailer, their biggest takeaway was that last finish him little moment, kind of them flexing the fatalities and uh, stuff, uh, gore. So naturally, people frame by frame um, started doing uh, little breakdowns. They're like, oh, this character died. This character died. Well, even if that's so, they I don't think they would outright spoil it for one, for two, like we discussed. There's a way around death in this universe, so there's no need to worry, guys. And, you know, for me, the way I see it, it's been, you know, 20-something-odd years since we've had a Mortal Kombat movie, and we've never had a rated R one for a rate, for a, a mature-rated game series that really depends on blood. It really does. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a reason why this game created a whole controversy back when it first came out for all the uh, quote-unquote gore and violence that it, it inspired. It created the, e, I think it's ESRB rating board. When Mortal Kombat oh. came out, man, people lost their shit. Like, you can uppercut people's heads off? What? And you could watch <laughs> it. They created the rating board that we had known love today for video games. They created the different ratings and stuff. Because at this point, it was just like the cabinet was just thrown in an arcade. And previously, arcade games were just known for, you know, at the most violent, maybe Street Fighter. And then you have this come on where you can do fatalities, which involves, like you said, uppercutting someone's head off or freezing them. You can shoot fire. It's, I don't know, I don't know a lot about the original fatalities. Maybe, uh... You could indulge a little bit more on those because I tried to play this game earlier and it did not go well. Uh, you played it on what platform? Uh, the Super Nintendo. Okay, what character were you? I tried playing a few of them. Uh, Scorpion, back, back Y. Scorpion, back, back Y. Sub-Zero, down forward B. What are those moves? Okay, back, back well. Y is your spear. That is the famous spear throw, which is flexed in the movie. If you don't know Keanu, one cool thing about Scorpion, besides he manipulates Hellfire, is he has this spear that he carries around him attached to a rope or a chain. He'll throw it across the screen into his opponent and pull him to him, and that gives I've, that gives you a I've, good two-second window to just hit them because they can't defend I, themselves. I've seen, I've seen this. You've I've, seen that? Yeah. Yes, I've seen it. I've watched people play Mortal Kombat a couple times and I'm sure that I have played it at some point in my childhood with, you know, cause I hung out with mostly boys and my cousins and such, but I don't recollect enough of it to be like, yeah, I know this character. I know I always picked a chick. I can tell you that much. So as long as there was one to choose. Well, that's uh fair enough. Do you guys have any closing thoughts on Mortal Kombat? I have learned a lot, guys, and um, I'm, I actually definitely want to go see this movie so or watch it in my home, you know, what, what, depending on what state the world's in, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I definitely recommend people who are not familiar, you know, get a little familiar. It's not one of those, like, you won't get bashed for, you won't be lost, it seems, just watching the trailer. You shouldn't be lost coming into it. You should be able to enjoy it coming in pretty fresh to it. So, yeah, I hope, uh, I hope you know, for some people who are only casual, maybe if they hear this, they'll be more like, well, I want to learn more about the lore. And to learn more of that, I point you to Mortal Kombat Deception and Mortal Kombat Armageddon, specifically Conquest. Go do that. You'll be on the up and up. And CJ, anything you want to plug before you get out of here? Of course. I always want to plug uh, who asked for this. You can find our channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Facebook. 
Um, and uh, I believe we'll get some more uh, social media getting up some Twitter. Um, we have a very great uh, on-subject opening skit in mind. Uh, you know, thoughts and prayers and smoke signals for that. So yeah, new season coming here in the summer. You know, keep your eye on us. We'll we'll do some more dumb shit. Um, we're we're about tired of not filming. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Abundant Studio, and then I'm mildly on Twitter at the underscore Kiani. And you can uh, my website is abundantstudio.com. And of course, as always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Robots Don't Age. Kiani and I will be on there. Uh, it's primarily me, but she also has access to it. And I believe that is it. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it.